on a lark and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. You've picked a winner again. Wow. We're here on Mutiny Radio as we stream every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. You can listen to us by typing in mutinyradio.fm and hit listen live. We are also available as a podcast at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, our acronym, and we are on iTunes. Also, I should mention, Carl, there is a way that you can find the live stream feed uh, uh, M3U uh, address and add it into your uh, podcast, Uh anything that listens to live feed. So you can listen to it separately from the the browser, but you can just go to mutinyradio.fm. That's the quickest way to listen to us live or download our podcast, you can get the link there. You could also uh, donate. Hit the donation button. We appreciate you donating to be a Patreon or uh, through Venmo at Mutiny Radio. Carl, we are watching a full-length movie on YouTube with mm-hmm. our audience. We mm-hmm. would ask the audience to listen to the podcast and then watch the movie on YouTube at the same time. At Mixed same media. Time. We're, we're reappropriating media we want to watch a movie with you and apparently this movie is a real winner (laughs) uh carl what is the movie this week this week we will be watching you must be joking 1965 that's what you put in youtube search engine you must be joking 1965 the channel we like is michael keely all right michael keely is the channel on youtube go ahead and type in you must be joking. Nineteen sixty. You must be joking. Nineteen sixty-five. Once you find that link, click it, hit pause, move the timer to the left, and then wait for us to say go. That's a lot to do, but don't worry. We are very excited to bring up our one of our great features, so the celebrity comedian countdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown. This time with. Chris Warren. Welcome, Chris. Hey, everybody. My name's Chris Warren. So happy to be here with the great Carl. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great, and I love that you started that way. I even asked you to start that way because that's the way you start your stand-up routine. I'm curious. You always seem to start the same way. What's going on there? Yes, that's something I've I've pretty much been doing since I started stand-up. 
what happened was when I, like, you know, in the first month of stand-up, I would just do comedy at these open mics and, like, bars and restaurants where people were not expecting comedy, didn't want comedy, were, you know, yeah. ordering drinks, having side conversations. Uh, and, you know, it was hard to get their attention. So I would just start the set off by yelling, you know, my name as loud as possible. <laughs> they'd, they'd, they'd look over, and then I knew I had, like, about 30 seconds to hook them. Yeah. You know, so it was, <laughs> it was just by necessity, honestly. <laughs> it's a technique. I hear you. It's not branding. It's not marketing. It's hooking them. Exactly. Right. And now people come to expect it. You know, you can't let the people down. You cannot, right? That is the first rule of Chris Warren. Now, you are not a Jersey comedian. That's who I'm often interviewing on this show. You are a Connecticut comedian. Now, what town do you live in out there? I live over in the beautiful, sunny city of Bridgeport, Connecticut. Rock the 203 every day, baby. <laughs> so that's really far. Now, the thing is that, like, I count you amongst, like, our clique. I mean, we've got common friends, right? We've got Luke Rothschild. We've got Anthony Quinn. I mean, these are Jersey, New York. Well, those two are New York, right? But you, why is it that you travel so far uh, to come here for comedy? Um, well, I just think, for, you know, everyone does comedy a little differently. For me personally, I, uh, I want to get in front of new places as much as possible, right? Because it's like Connecticut, where I'm from, not the biggest state. We have a, we have a nice scene. I, you know, I like Connecticut's comedy scene, but it's not very mm -hmm. big. It's like the same 20 people I see at the same four mics every week. Uh, so that's, you know, that gets to be old pretty quick. And there's only so many shows that are booking out of Connecticut. So at a certain point, you know, there's only so much you can do. You got to get out, go somewhere different. So if I can go to, you know, if I can only do four mics a week in Connecticut, that's not really enough to uh, try to get better, in my opinion. So it's, okay, I'll go to Jersey this week. I'll go up to Massachusetts this week, out to Rhode Island sometimes, over to, you know, the Hudson Valley, over to New York City. It's like all these places are roughly an hour, hour and a half away. It's not the end of the world, so I might as well get out, try different things, and you meet all sorts of new comics like yourself, Carl, make new connections, uh, get in yeah. new rooms. You know, I've, uh, I've, I've got, had a very good experience with going to new places. Now, way back when, it was pre-pandemic, a bunch of comedians, co Connecticut comedians, maybe four or five of you, would show up at the Reserve Club once or twice. And, and uh, some of those Connecticut comedians were on Late Night with Anthony Quinn. They were on uh, King of the Mountain at Scotty's in, in Springfield. They've all withered away. You're the guy who keeps coming out. This is dedication to craft, and I commend you for it. Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, to be honest with you, a lot of those guys um, just don't do comedy anymore. Um, wow. Huh. Pandemic yeah. or who knows? Uh, some of them, the pandemic, I mean, everyone's different, just kind of taught them that this wasn't really what they wanted to be doing with their life. And that's okay. You know, it's their choice. Some of them moved because of the pandemic. I mean, a lot of people, some of them just disappeared. I, I you know, I haven't heard from them since. So you never know. Yeah. So I think it's really great that you come out an hour and a half isn't too much. That's certainly true. And you get yourself in front of a bunch of strangers. See if your jokes work to a different group of people. Exactly. Okay, now, Chris Warren, how do people find you out there on the internet, out there in social media, the Instagrams, the Snapchats? Uh, yeah, you can find me at Chris Warren Comedy on Instagram. That's Chris Warren Comedy. Uh, and I post all my shows up there. All my dates for the month are up there. So you can come find me. 
mm-hmm. doing shows uh, all over New England, New York, New Jersey. So hopefully somewhere near you, come out and say hi. Now, we just did a show together, right? Uh, we went down there, the, the open mic, I, it, they never canceled it, even though the host didn't show up because of a COVID fear or something. We got up in front of a day, bunch of strangers, the three of us, right? Luke, you and I. And it went horrible, I felt, right? Nobody was paying attention. This is the stuff that toughens you up, yes? Yeah, I mean, that, uh, I mean, it sucked, but, you know, that is uh, as much as it'd be fun, right? To do mm-hmm. a real show in a real club every night. That's uh, not where we're at right now. So you got to do some open mic comedy every now and again. And uh, open mic comedy can be very brutal. And that was a night, perfect yeah. example. This, uh, we were at this little dive bar in New Jersey. Raritan. Uh, Raritan, New Jersey. My Raritan, God. New Jersey. And uh, there were a bunch of guys watching the college football game. <laughs> and they did not like that comedy was interfering with that very much. That's right. That's right. And they just came out to, you know, their local watering hole and we invaded. And um, but it, it toughens you up. It, it, it was still, you know, and you worked the crowd. I really didn't hear. I heard material towards the end, but you knew you read the room and you started with your intro and you and you worked the crowd. I thought that was very, very uh, clever. I didn't do that. I, I appreciate that, Carl. Yeah, it's just um. I've done comedy in so many weird places. Like, you know, that's just, you kind of read when a room is not wanting comedy. It, it, it doesn't really benefit you to do a setup punchline kind of joke because they're yeah. not paying attention. So you want to try to uh, get them involved as much as possible. And granted, they didn't give me very kind answers to my attempted <laughs> crowd work with them. Uh, a lot of fuck off. But, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do is exactly what you did. Okay, now, out there on Instagram, it's Chris Warren Comedy. Now, Chris, everyone at home is poised to watch this movie. They're ready to press play at the exact same second that we do here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Chris Warren, and give me that celebrity comedian countdown. All right, will do, guys. Everybody ready? Hands on the remotes. Three, two... One play. All right. Is this simply movie's logo going to be in the entirety of this movie? This is Columbia, and it um, will not be the entirety. Okay, that's good. Oh, yes. Yeah, simply movies? Yo, that guy? Yeah. 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 That's what he yeah. did to us. Well, Dude, at least you brought us. That is the woman from Hudson Hawk. <laughs> that's exactly In the opening right. credits. She now is in this opening credits. Oh, these are real people. I don't know who he is. I know that guy, Lionel Jeffries. That's right, you do. These He's are all star show. Oh, really? Was, there's uh, the butler from Training Places. I recognize yeah, Elliot. Saw him on our show. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, special appearances, not just starring. Right, special they're like well-known of... English guys, and they show up. Ooh, on. now introducing these credits are going crazy. Oh, and guest star. We have yeah, a guest, he's star, not a guest introduction. star. He's throughout the whole thing. I don't get that. They had special appearance of introducing. Right. Yeah, uh, then guest it's star. Very British. To do is this a movie like or that. TV show or it's variety special? And they shot in black and white because it was cheaper and it was accepted. I mean, we've had color since the 30s, but 
people would still have a black and white TV. They would go to a black and white movie. It was done to save a lot of money. That's absolutely right. There was, you know, you had color TV, but most people have black and white TVs. Mm-hmm. That's why you would see these commercials on for television, for color television shows in black and white. They just figured either way, it's going to reach the audience. Why pay in color? There, are these the actual people you think? Yes. Michael Winner. He's the director. And he came up with this idea, the story. He got someone to script it for him. Right. He would go on to do Death Wish and it's like two of its sequels. Yeah, no, I remember him from the Electric Boogaloo, the Canon Pictures story. He passed away, unfortunately, when the film was released uh, by mm-hmm. 2014. He wasn't introduced, but a lot of people had a lot of negative stories about him and his director style and just the way he was uh-huh. uh, on Death Wish and just the kind of nihilism that his stuff had. And yeah. I, I know that he was like a celebrity restaurant critic and he had a lot of Me Too like charges. Paper, right. Yeah. He was a little bit of a celebrity. Yeah, he was on TV a lot, and he would go on talk shows and be snobby. Okay, so this uh, general just showed up who says is a special guest. He's not. And he's like, you there! <laughs> That's the man I was promised! Begging your pardon, sir? Snap to! <laughs> you know, it's all this. Is that, on. Are you and, doing your Terry Thomas impersonation? Yeah, he showed up to pick up. Right now, he's like, "Oh, dreadfully sorry to interrupt your your car, you know meeting of the minds." <laughs> he re- he reminds, yeah, he's great, and he it's was in- yeah, precisely at sport sixteen hundred hours. It is now sixteen hundred and twenty hours. He re- he reminds me of. Uh... Uh, well, I, I'll, I'll say once the plot line is revealed, but there's a John uh, Cleese movie with a scavenger hunt, and John right. Cleese plays the guy who introduces the instructions, and he does it, you know, in his normal Terry Thomas esque manner. Right, right. Now, this guy, Terry Thomas, was he, he's throughout the whole thing. He was the English character actor. You know him well. You see the gap in his teeth. He was in sure. Mad World. Right, right, which was like two years ago from this movie, like 63. Now, he's not a star, this guy we're meeting. He's an American. He's not the star of it, but he is like... Uh, Columbia insisted on having him. They thought he was going to bring it to America. Well, I never heard of this movie, so I guess it didn't succeed. Yeah, that's right. And and, and the director says some snotty thing about him. <clears throat> right. What a winner. Okay. You know, so I can't... Uh, Charles Schneer liked the Hackney script, agreed to make it as the deal he had with Columbia. Columbia insisted that Michael Curran play a lead role. Winner called the actor a nice fellow who didn't sell the film in America and didn't help it in England either. Meow. 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 Goodness. Uh, Sit up in your chair. Maybe that was just poor direction. So we have uh, a Scotsman, an American. Yeah, we're meeting another guy who has to report to this base for some reason. All right. And we're just learning he's like silly, over pompous, military, takes himself too seriously, is a little delusional because of it. No, uh, and he's wearing a kilt, so he's going to W some up kilts and shots, I imagine. Well, this is an army. Someone's bound to get killed. 
Oh, and you know, in this world, it's kilter be kilt. <laughs> it's helter kilter out there. Man, that's the one great thing about cocktails are the garnishes. Like you could get the pickled cauliflower. With your you finger. Yeah. All of my bloody berry with yeah. olives deep in the goo. <laughs> I have to use my finger. Hey, well, can you give me a celery so I could get the carrot, the olives out? Thanks. Hello, I'm Fitzroy Tabasco. Goodness. Tabasco. <laughs> now, these guys, I'm supposed to recognize everybody, right? Like, this is well, one of the... you certainly recognize Denim. And no, you're not. If you were English, yes, you'd know him. Right. All. Like, but if we were watching... Denim, he was in Dick Van Dyke. Um, he was in our movie in um, The Prisoner of Zenda. Right, so, that's right. Oh, right. He was in Prisoner Zenda, the, the Scottish guy here. Yeah. And Mary, Different. was it Mary Poppins? Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. He was the grandfather of Dick Van Dyke. That was an amazing. I, I'm still waiting for them to make a car like Chitty Chitty. <laughs> Everybody knows you and cars. You got that bang bang. People always derail that movie, but you know what? Stop making kids' movies. Maybe we won't have to deal with that. You gotta crank out movies for children year after year. Are you gonna come up with Chase Bang Bang? How about we just <laughs> stop? The kids have plenty of movies. Just reissue them, save money. Near, far, in a motor car. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is from. Oh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, right. Okay. I all I remember is uh, what Chitty Chitty guess, Bang Bang. We love you. Chitty Chitty Near, Bang Bang. Far. We love you. When Near, I saw as a kid car, in a motor car. Oh, that's the, the next bang, line. He loved you. As a kid, I'm like, this is the worst movie I ever saw. And then I oh, went, really? whoa, I had an erection. It was like my first bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> What's I, happening? I was fooled by that movie and it was all colorful and then it fucking flew. Right. But it was terrible. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, I'll have to rewatch it. Maybe I'm sure time. it won't hold up for me. And I was just a little kid. Right. I, you, I, I like it because I was like, hi, hi, a good man. I love those two lyrics from that song. <laughs> <laughs> so what are they, they're planning. So this is the plot. They, they hired, they got all these military guys from different countries or what have you. Yeah. Are they like all like army or Navy or. They're all the branches. And then you got the, my fair lady guy up there, the general. Being yeah. like, this is the age of nuclear war. However, I'm sure you would agree that there wouldn't be a scrape on the ground or two. So, like, the idea is, you know, how do we test you, uh, your metal as a soldier? So, what they're going to do is pretend that there was a nuclear bomb, the country is devastated. They have to go out with a list of six scavenger hunt type things to put into a, like a time capsule and be buried forever to preserve England. Oh, like a bag of uh, crisps? <laughs> yes. Because one of them is like ducks. Like uh, in many English houses, they have these ceramic ducks hanging on the wall. <laughs> oh, that's okay. great. So I would get you know, a Billy Bass space. <laughs> right? You know, you know the hood ornament on the Rolls Royce? Right, yeah, 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 yeah. That's one of them. 
Oh, like the BC Boys. Remember the uh, people in England were like stealing the Volkswagen uh, logo yeah. from the cars because they could dress like 1987's BC Boys. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um. Okay. So you. They also one of them is a lock of hair and an autograph from this French porn singer named Sylvia Tarnett. Now, why is that English? I don't know. Well, we saw a lot of like we like to watch movies from England during the sixties, especially like the swinging, yeah. you know, London scene and yeah. the sex comedy. So maybe that's that angle. The greatest but, thing for me about this film is all the accents, which we're not going to listen to for the most part, right? So they're, they're, he's saying like, if there's a nuclear bomb, we want to see you guys collect items for a time capsule to see how you would survive and just. How resourceful you are. Yeah. Now, it's a stupid premise because they're going to go out there into the real world, not a nuclear war world, and they're basically going to go get the stuff. It is a scavenger hunt. It doesn't make sense. And then they win something, whoever gets the scavenger. So yeah, this is they, like... get a, they get a, um, a, a trip around the world with a partner, and they also get, like, promises of promotion, promotion, promotion. It, it's never defined. So this is like it's a mad, 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 mad world with yeah. Terry Thomas from two years ago. But this yeah. time it's different comedians, British comedians. Well, it's England. It's so England. So this is like rat race. This is what I'm talking about. Like John Cleese gave the instructions of what you need to do to win the game. Uh-huh. And, you know, the one fun, one of the great moments of that movie, he goes, go. And then like, look at it, he goes, go. Anyway, what do you mean? That was good. That was a good song. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I have to see that again. Well, I saw that in the theater in 99, like, a, you know, best movie year ever. But I recently showed that to my kid thinking, like, I kind of like this comedy. Maybe this is like a modern day mad, 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 mad world. And there's a scene <laughs> where this woman catches her husband having an affair in a jacuzzi and she's overhead in the helicopter. So she lowers the helicopter to break open the... Uh, above ground jacuzzi outdoor jacuzzi and my kid was like eh, it's what's so funny with all this destruction i was like oh how great <laughs> you know didn't hold up no it didn't hold up didn't know in why a way. in a disappointing way yeah like it didn't see the comedy like uh what was so funny with destruction like you know dumb slapstick because the movie was a lot of destruction. Uh, some good... I loved <laughs> Slapstick. I just do. I Look, do too. You know it's fake. You know it's a presentation to and it's called entertainment. You know it's pretend on TV. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you sit there and think, I don't know, there is empathy though. Well, I don't know. I just believe that nobody's really getting hurt like it's all fake so right. and not only that like when there's chaos like things get destroyed and car chases it's more action for me uh -huh. than like haha comedy but it's funny action so therefore it falls under comedy right and, you know the rhythm of it like a fight always has like great choreography in a movie and you have that visual kick of it and that's the fun of the movie so if a car smashes into a fruit basket a fruit stand yeah, when a guy who gets shot falls gracefully, you know it's a movie. Right. But, you know, when Smokey drives his car through a, a plate glass window that two people are carrying, it's funny, I guess. 
<laughs> All right, children. Okay, enjoy the corn maze. Watch out for the children in the corn. Right. Now, our upperclassman, you know, Elliot Dellum. Yeah. De Denholm Elliot. Of course, he's sitting his ass on the bench. He's already, you know, making preparations and arrangements for his people to get him out of there. There's a, I love how there's a bench in a maze. It's the That's, center. Oh, so it's not like a cheat, like if I pass by the park bench. <laughs> I guess it is the center. Yeah. I read a history of mazes, like in how these these corn mazes are made, and mm -hmm. they're mostly made to get tourists, you know? Yeah, I know. It's a maze. <sighs> yeah, well, you know what? You, you, you do get lost in it. <laughs> Yeah, and it's you can't go backwards. You know, it's not no. a it's not a in the newspaper. Well, I was like, I want to start from finish and go from you know, trace my finger. I'm like, no, sir. I would never do one of these mazes in the winter if it was lightly snowing just a little bit, because I would be in the shining. That's right, it get a little spooky. I yeah, love this slapstick. Really spooky. Now you're talking about slapstick where nobody gets hurt. He just pole yeah. vaulted. He pole vaulted, he said for Scotland, he pole vaulted. What is that? And he smashed through a greenhouse. And then he started reprimanding the guy who was like, "What the fuck?" He was like, "Stand up straight, soldier!" You know, and stuff. It's so English. Oh my goodness. So our Elliot Dellum, our aristocrat, has right. now given orders to like a soldier. Deliver this for me, chop chop. Straight away by private messenger, right? So, United States government guy just did it. We've been in these movies of England before. Like, it's about class, right? So that's the comedy, is these different people, different classes, trying to escape a corn maze. Yes. That comedy and the different branches, they contrast each other, you know? The American sticks out like a sore thumb. When you're listening to him, you think you're you're watching like uh, I Dream of Genie's. Um, I don't know. He's just so American of the day. This is '65, so it's like setting up for. I don't know. I guess this guy didn't hit in the end, right? So the note reached the person. They brought a fucking chopper. I love it. Now everyone wants that chopper. Right. And everyone's going to get it. And they don't, well, you know what? That's it. Fuck for one person. Wow, look at this. So is this funny, this image? They have a real people dangling. Do you, you know, they have the crazy music probably, or I don't know. I do find it funny. It's a spectacle. I like seeing movies. And if there's going to be explosions and car crashes, sometimes, you know, it's supposed to be funny. It's a funny premise. This is a funny premise. It's just not like, and a turtle. I don't know. It's That's like weird. you're going into a pretend place for entertainment value. So it's right. like, you know it's a fake movie. Even if it was a nuclear explosion, you know it's a fake movie. So you can, okay, watch how they get hit by the trees and the director kind of cheated us or the cinematographer. Oh, they're on a human fox hunt? Ooh, this is like the hunt. Right. Yeah. Now, they're giving everyone a mile. You can't be within one mile of this base starting, you know, with, uh, in one hour. 
So now these guys are just scrambling to get off base. So they both got bonked <laughs> off the chopper. They all got bonked off the chopper into the woods. Now, this scavenger hunt, do they have to pick the items in a particular order? Or can they just... Except for one. There's one they're going to be asked to get that they don't know about yet. They're all supposed to go to this hoity-toity organization thing uh, and ask for a message. Um, I have more, I have more questions regarding their scavenger hunt. Do okay. you have to know the bride to be part of this uh, scavenger hunt at no. the, the bachelorette party? No, you don't have to know the bride. So this is not a bachelorette party. Something borrowed. Now, do you really have to be like, are you from the city, man? Like, do you have to be a native? You have to be born in San Francisco, and the clues are like, this place has a picture of something on the second floor. And you're like, oh, that's Ireland's 32, obviously. <laughs> Anyone from the city would know that. Like, is it an obscure city hunting? No, it's all British stuff. Gotcha. Have you done a scavenger hunt? When was the last time you did a scavenger hunt? Uh, like, when I was, you know, like... Early twenties, I don't know. Did you do one for your children? Like, hey, kid, we have a family activity. Uh, probably. I don't yeah. have a memory of a scavenger hunt. I always thought it was kind of like busy work. You know, I think it's fun when you when you try to find things in the city, like, uh, or your your neighborhood, like just little details, and you'd be like, uh -huh. oh, of course, or like, you know, it's it's kind of clever. Uh, our man. My our man Godfrey, my man Godfrey, mm -hmm. was uh, like a 1940s uh, screwball okay, comedy. I have to interrupt, right? Okay. Right now, a real fox hunt is fucking up the army. Okay. <laughs> okay go ahead, Pat. <laughs> oh well, so they they have a scavenger hunt, and one of the items they they have to find the upper class is a homeless man, uh -huh. and they find this guy, and he stays on as their butler, and it winds up that you know his life was ruined, but he had a a history of his own, and. Uh, but it was just funny that, like, you know, these, it was so, like, the hoity-toity during the Depression were, like, uh, yeah. scavenger hunt was to find a, a bum as in the parlance. Right, that's so robber baron. Yeah. Oh. The old British gag. You gonna, like, stop drinking or something? This is uh, great, no, Carl. I know exactly why you thought that. Yeah, like usually James Bond drives by and the guys are drinking and fishing and then when he, he drives by his car in the water, he like throws the bottle in the water. That's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. This guy's in a wetsuit. Have you ever walked in a wetsuit? It's fucking painful. Ooh, nice yeah. uh, jagged swipe. Okay, now this is the guy who didn't get picked up by the chopper and his joke the whole time will be... He's digging uh, a hole? Right, and he'll get caught. So you have to be one mile away from the base, okay? So our American has done that. Now he's in the process of stealing clothes to get dry. I always like it when they hang up their sheets. It's like a dressing room. Yeah. Now he's got oh. a little BB pellet, you know, yeah, blow, the British. blow gun, is that what it's called? It's BBB, British BB gun. Oh, I yeah, I remember BBB1. <laughs> yeah right that's really played well you would say you would announce it you would say this is bbb1 <laughs> our broadcast day this is 
Service B base. Well, that's more like a radio guy. Oh, the old room. Now he is calling his girlfriend, okay? Uh huh. Who is really nice. Uh, and she's helpful and great. Now, he's not supposed to have any help, but none of them follow the rules. So no, well, this seems very arbitrary. Well, she's going to be a player in the whole thing. Whoa, look at this. Whoa, look at her go. Who can turn the world on with this? <laughs> oh, no, is she driving? This is 1965. Okay, the cars so, try to pass her. Right. Her comedic joke throughout the whole movie is she just fucking obliviously has crashes and threatens lives. And, you know, she's a nuisance. She barks the wrong places. Jesus, talk about nostalgia. I can't even think of a good woman's driver joke. It's been Look years at that. Since. <laughs> what uh. you just did. Jesus Christ. No, I'm being American there. Right. Jiminy Cricket. Okay, listen. One of the things on the list is an English rose. Now, it's called the, like, their royalty snooty name. So they think it's a person. So oh. he's there to look up. The, he's, yeah, um, he's looking. <laughs> the skirt of, no, to look up the name of this royal person. He's at the library. Me? Yeah, he's at the library. Now, this is the mom he stole the pants from. He doesn't She's know a... it. Really? Yeah. This is a small town. But the fucking kid knows it. Hello, I'm an innocent, dummy American. Yes, <laughs> well, I'm pompous. Hey, I'm looking for a book. I think he fits this picture fine. I don't know why the director needs to shit on this guy. He's not he's not trying to hitch a star off this movie. Maybe it's right. a movie's fault it didn't launch his fucking career. Yeah, yeah. You know, because people continue to act. You know, he doesn't have to you know, he doesn't have to you got a bunch of like this is an all star cast and they put an unknown in there. Big deal. Yeah. They're just really pissed big. that it was American, you know, that they were trying to go for an American audience. Pander to an American audience. You know, this is really quite funny, his condescension, if you ever get to see this movie without us. Sure. So now the mom, you know, she goes, take off those pants. Goes, what? And he goes, I have that effect on women. I just can't explain it. <laughs> American. Those are my husband's clothes. This is sort of coincidence. Ooh, now, see, I can't do that. I can't jump into a car like that. Well, you're not. I mean, we're not 20, maybe he's 31. He can do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're getting like, what is oh, that? Oh, no, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I'm old. Say I just don't want to be in a car with a woman driving. <laughs> Goodness, Michael. I'm shocked. Look, Look at her. She can't how... drive. Yeah. Right. <laughs> No, it's fake in a movie, it's a comedic point, and it's an of an age in which they weren't sensitive to stereotypes. So, shame on them, and let's enjoy. Well, get a Rolls Royce. Oh, so they're going to steal the hood of the Rolls Royce at the dealership? Well, yeah, you see, the guy who's trying to buy here, he's, uh, where is he? Ah, there he is. His name is Lee Montague. You might have seen him in Space 1999. Nope. 
uh, he was that in that miniseries called Holocaust in 78. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was Roots and then it was Holocaust. Yeah, he's Staff Sergeant Mansfield. And so his comedic thing throughout is he's going to get everything he needs. He's going to buy it, but he's going to use army requisition for it. You know, that's like a you can invoice the army. Oh, so, so buying the hood ornament. He should just buy everything else, right? Call it a day. Go, that's Amazon. what he will do. That will be his community. He goes, I don't think that's quite right, Guild, sir. That's better than money, I tell you. He just cheats. He just buys his way. Well, I don't know. He is the uh, staff sergeant. Right. Okay. So it is in his power to, like, no administration, which means like expense reports and shit. There's, and there's a sense of urgency. Do they have to complete this? Well, yeah, two one? days, 48 hours. Huh. Oh, I like this arboreum. Well, this is where they're going to find that nudie named. We'll get some like I'm shocked nun jokes, you know. Yeah, well, I'm going to pass. I want none of that. <laughs> We've said that joke too much. I, none more. None, none more. Both the raven. We said that. More. So we said uh, that joke. I think we said yeah. none of them. Lady McDonough. Lady McDonough. Lady Frances McDonough. That's what it was. I think I I think I would hope it's a federal crime to steal plants from an arboreum. That arboreum mm -hmm. should be like part of a federal. Protected. Yeah. There ought to be a law. Don't you think there is, Mike? Of course. You can't do what he just did. You're no, right. it's supposed to. Look, someone took it from before us. Yeah. Hello, we're going to pretend it lie and stuff. We're Americans. Can you explain what these things are? They're oh, she's, flowers. She's so English, but he's oh. American. Yeah, yeah, she's so English. It's, Goodness, it's so hot in here. I'll have to take off all of my clothes. The nuns go, oh, 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 oh. Arboreums do get, it does get hot in Arboreum. You know, a lot of yeah. it's natural lighting. It was built, you know, in the 1800s or something before electricity. For more information about the Arboreum, <laughs> visit the Arboreum Welcome Library. Welcome to Colonial Williamsburg. <laughs> Hello. This oh. is our Arboreum. I didn't see you come in. I'm churning butter, which was common at the time. <laughs> I mean, it's common in my time is what I meant to say. I need this job. You know, in Colonial Williamsburg, I am the butter churner. But I'm on my break. I'm Mike, and I'm on my phone. <laughs> Okay, so God. she's doing the, she wants the rose. So she's doing this ruse. This is all in the service of her American boyfriend, by the way. I got to bring that up to the end of the film, okay? Okay, so she's doing it for her love of her life. So they're going to, they're going to win the prize and go off together. I got you. So he, she has like run up to him going, oh, Leo, it's wonderful to see you, Leo. And kiss, 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 kiss. Then he goes, madam, please contain yourself. And she goes, oh, <laughs> it's me. It's my eyes. You're not him at all, are you? He's like, what can I ever do to make it up to you? Let me give you a ride into London. 
That's quite right of you. Here we what go. What is Lori? What's your story, morning, Lori? Uh, Lori. You know it rolls through with that white. They must. They must have the swipe. These swipes are so obnoxious. Not since oh, Star okay. Wars have been so self-conscious. There's like jagged swipes, and there's like a. Uh, we hate Caddyshack. Terrible movie. <laughs> Why is he busted? He just escaped. Okay, he, the, he, what did he escape from? He was within one mile. That's of... ridiculous. Yeah, but the MP doesn't know that. That's bullshit. So they, yes, the MP does know that. So they they put him back into the maze. Oh, this guy will never leave. Right, and that's going to be his whole joke. So here's Denim. So he's rich, right? So he's got himself right, a so brother. He's, right, he's gone yeah. back to his hotel. Or he's either getting a hotel or this is a place he resides at often. Darling, how are you? Look what? at that little dog. <laughs> little dog. He hugs him while holding the little dog around him. So cute. How much do you think that little dog would be? That's a pretty, pretty high-end dog, right? <laughs> a pure breed. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Probably yeah. like, I don't know, today, maybe $4,000. Damn. If you, with all his shots and his papers and everything. <laughs> <laughs> do you like my hair? I do. I say I do. Okay, basically now, what, what, what Elliot Denham is doing is he's having everyone around him go fetch him things, right? Oh, so he, he great, yeah, of course. So he's because like, he go bring me the hood ornament of the Rolls Royce, of your father's Rolls Royce. And she's like, oh, but I'm starving. Can't we eat first? This will only take you but 30 minutes. But <laughs> an hour past. <laughs> I because love it. I have some things for you to arrange. You can count on me, sir. Go get these ducks. <laughs> all right, all right. So it's the flower is the Lady Macbeth. It is the yes. uh, the duck. Right. Yeah, that's what, uh, like a decoy duck. Right. It's uh, the Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce. And it's, then. Check this one out. It's an electric hare, a rabbit from a greyhound race. Oh, cool. Yeah. It is the lock of hair and the autograph of a French pop singer. And then it's another item they don't know yet. Well, you know, the director wasn't allowed at the racetrack because uh, they were nervous. He was, he was a born winner. <laughs> That's right. You, you cannot, your, your money's no good here, sir. Yeah. I think I said that backwards. Can I help you? Yes, I'm Mr. Winner. Well, aren't you cocky? Well, the house will not honor your request, sir. <laughs> Now, please allow the next patron, please step aside for paying customer. You know, I prefer director director Michael Loser. More to my heart. <laughs> you know, I I don't use high-definition film. Like, all my friends insist on it. I think it's, you know, they're, they're so, like, fucking stoned and fucked up. You know, everything's out of focus. I work uh -huh. with definition film now. Love it. Give me a second. I will not work with high definition film. Don't even get me started on tweaking definition. Oh yeah, I got you. Yeah, the, oh, the, the worst is way too high definition films because <laughs> right. you, they're not focused and uh, you, they lose the plot and like they switch stories. It's just you know. Make it I got you. 
Uh-oh, okay, now, Scotsman's washing. She has lured him into like her relative's apartment in the city. She's got him to take a shower, and now she's nicking. She's nicking. She's stealing the rose. Now we'll get some, oh, we didn't get like a bad driving joke. She's driven away with it. These are the the relatives who are arriving home. I was going to say, like, they just left this, literally this guy is hanging. They left this guy hanging. See, he's hanging right now, his balls. <laughs> now, look, you see those ducks? Yeah. I don't know. Somehow those aren't the ducks that the rest of the people go for. But they're English ducks. They're traditional. They're ceramic. Those look like bathroom tiles. I'll show you what I mean later. I love it. They go in, there's the Scotsman showering in their house. And so if it's common, then that's the easiest item in the scavenger hunt. Yeah, what he's saying right now is, I've got me me squatters rights. <laughs> no, he's not. He's embarrassed, and he's mad at uh, the girlfriend. Right. Annabella. Annabelle Nash. Annabelle Nash. Annabelle Nash? Anna Nash? A Nash? No. Look, she was only in that Bond spoof, that Casino Royale. And yeah, let's not talk about let's not talk about that movie. Yeah, why? I got other ones in that movie. All right. No, go ahead. I, I want to hear the other ones. Why? We're not talking about it. It's a really hard movie to sit through. Yeah, I know. I I never finished it myself. I don't know. I have no memory of it anymore because. I finished it. I said, listen, I, I've been watching this half-ass for 25 years. I'm just going to watch it all the way through. And I went, what a waste of my life. <laughs> like, I did it, right? It has a good theme song, at least. It was multiple directors directing Casino Royale as a parody yeah. of James Bond. With different people, of course, Woody Allen playing Jimmy Bond. His cousin. I don't. I see. I remember. I tell you, I've seen that film, uh, but I must have quit on it because I don't have. Yeah, no. I it's know tough. he was in it. Well, it was also Orson Welles and John Huston. It was like every like top sixties kind of jokey. It was the uh, you must be joking of its time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was two I years mean, later. I must have just dismissed it, uh, even though I might have seen it. I don't know. That's how bad it sucked, I guess. It's really hard. And when they actually did the Daniel Craig version, I was like, took me I said, I'm not going to watch it. And then when I saw <laughs> it, <laughs> I was relieved, you know. Okay, so he's got this ploy that he's with the, uh, uh, what was that Kennedy organization where he, the kids would go uh, help? Peace Corps. The Peace Corps. He's, he's got this scam going where he's in the Peace Corps and he's collecting stuff. And, you know, even these ducks, because they sell them for money. Anyway, he luckily opened up the door on a sexy one. Right. Like, why don't you come inside? Mm-hmm. You know, like. She is very sexy. Cleavage out. Yeah. So she's got a lower class accent like that. But she's got the ducks on her wall. That's what he's here for. You see him? Yeah, I see it. Nice view. Yeah. First time I ever saw him, I was quacking up. So he saw the married uh, 
that she's married. Yes, just now. <laughs> Amazing. I love that dress. Lingerie dress. It's corset. Your work must be very interesting, eh? He's core. What? What? Uh, darling, I innocently popped over to take you to lunch. (laughs) Oh, is it like, oh, not again, dear? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, You've seen this movie and this scene. I did, but you know what? This movie didn't offer closed captioning, so I was at, I lost at sea half the time. I'm talking to the bird, Governor. All right, yeah, you you routed me. I saw this movie. Love it, like no expense spared. We'll go to your friends in flat and shoot the scene, and we'll just smash all these. Yeah, smash all you. Oh, this is where you leave. He's like a bland Dick Clark. Yeah, he doesn't. I guess how else is he supposed to respond? Oh, come on. <laughs> you know what? Do you think he's Luke or Owen or Andrew uh, Wilson? Um, he's the one in church ball. Andrew. So he's an Andrew Wilson. He's got no spark. He's got I, no. I would say he's Luke. Maybe Luke uh, is just phoning it in. There it the is. That's all he one. wanted. The weakest one. Look, he's got one of them. Now, yeah. look, somehow he's got a net. Probably just because right. he read it in the script. Where did he get the net from? Maybe when he was coming out of the lake. Right. I don't remember him walking in with a net. Right. The um, I guess it was in his sack, but the uh, the fisherman would be the place to get him to have that net, but they didn't do that in this movie. I keep a net with me. Oh, look at that. Another obnoxious swipe. That swipe. was a... Vertical well, swipe. They're trying to be goofy. They're trying to be... Okay, here we have our ongoing joke. Oh, the one joke. Yeah. And they're like, goodness, Craig, how you do keep at it. Please sit. It's not often I can speak with the ranks, so to say. So he goes like, tell me, do you think the army's everything we promise in the adverts? <laughs> All it's cracked up to me. Because, yes, sir, for the opportunity, sir. Like like this one right now. And then they arrest him. (laughs) Keep it up, chap. I'm rooting for you. Oh, here they come. Damn it. Oh, yeah. Did you see me and my fair lady? Hasn't happened yet, but stay tuned. (laughs) I validated my parking, guys. I think it's a little drastic. Isn't he dressed like the valet? <laughs> oh, he yeah, right. I, okay, so, so he's, here we are down at the Greyhound track, and our staff sergeant is once again doing a requisition for him and buying a rabbit. Strange request. Yeah, he's making up like, it's General Gustavus' desire to get for his, you know... Who won a million at the Belmont Stakes? It's a present, it is. 
How many mechanical hares are there in the world? Uh, well, okay, they've they've got them in stock like ten, twenty. I mean, it's a racetrack. If, if it's a spare part, right? Well, I understand they have like two of them, and next thing you know, they have four hair bunnies. No, no, no. They, no. they have eight. No, these. And then there's like sixteen. They're not trouble with the tribbles. These these aren't the fucking bunnies. These are the mechanical bunnies. There. Hey, look, it's it's nineteen year old Mike Spiegelman. Well, I wasn't I wasn't trying to steal the the Rolls Royce thing. <laughs> right. I go, yeah. He goes, uh, I thought it was loose, and the guy goes, "Not on today's Rolls Royce. The older models, perhaps, but blokes used to nick them." Look, it's so BC boys. That must have been shot in reverse or something. Um, yeah, I think yeah. Okay, here we have a Rolls Royce, and it's and an they, older one. Just what they need. They're gonna steal it. Right. Oh, it looks but like a rock band. The, right. The, the cavemen. It's the cavemen. That's right. They're the Beatles. They, they are. I the don't, I'm not a fan of their outfit. You see the hats, and they're wearing oh, pants. Oh, right. A true caveman would not be wearing pants. But, okay. you know, when you're shopping in London, it's best to wear pants. Well, wearing pants is so easy Whoa. a caveman could do it. Now, was that funny that the moving... Uh... I don't know. We've seen this movie before when it comes to stuff like this, right? Yeah, I, I mean, like, I appreciate the effort, and it is the cinema, and I want to see stuff, you know? So I'm always excited when they smash into something. But I don't think it's funny funny. I mean, it's immediate. right. It's not no, dramatic it's like eye candy. It's not really funny, funny at all. It's to keep you watching and engaged. A right. guy trips, he slips, he got, he gets punched. Now he's in the car, you know. Oh, here's the fans. Out, I love the you, caveman Ringo. I love you, caveman George. So everyone wants a selfie, mostly with caveman George. Okay. Really? So, right. Oh, and a, that's yeah. why they got mobbed and they got away with. Hey, hey, we're the caveman. We're missing a Rolls Royce. Oh, wow, the water's spilling out of it. It's real damage. No, but they're too busy driving <laughs> to notice their car's breaking down. In a turnabout. They were just trying to be stupid. <laughs> oh, all right. My money's on Swan's Pottle. We're the dumb generation. You're already betting. You're so addicted. You don't even know the odds. You, you're not familiar with the culture. Come on, Swab. Listen, I got my 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 uh, my son's bought medicine money right here. Apartment money right here. <laughs> All right. He needs a new pair of shoes. Oh, so he snuck on. He's going to steal the hair this way. Yeah, he's going to steal the real one from the track. He's going to unfucking screw <laughs> it and pull it out. And his will have the mechanical parts dangling like a stick. There, there he is. Goes. That's one of my favorite books, Bunny, where he falls in love with the electric hair. He just chases him around, the, you know. Why won't you talk to me? <laughs> he kisses her, like, like it's electrocuted. He's like, wowza. <laughs> That's right. I forgot all about that. Yeah. It's a metaphor of life, Carl. It's that Scottish bloke. He's got my rabbit down there. Oh yeah! Look, they're all—they're all there. Look, you see those bowler hats. Yeah, they the mean, bowler. I have a position here. I work here for a—you know what I mean? Like it's a uniform. 
You know what? I'm going to forget this joke. I did see this movie. There was a moment where Terry Thompson, uh, the police come, and then the, the guys with the bowler caps come, and he goes, oh, great. Now you yeah. bowler cap guys are here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's really the um, <laughs> My Fair Lady guy who said it. Oh, it was My Fair Lady? I just... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, so be... he has followed... He learns that someone robbed it, so they had to get a new one. So he followed them to the storage room. He made a wedge in the door. Now he can slip in and steal a rabbit. Right. There he is. Somebody's coming. Why, it's the Scotsman. What are you doing there? You're not going to believe this, but someone's nicked the rabbit. (laughs) Say what? Some bloke. It was hair today. (laughs) (laughs) Can't be too careful. It's going to lock him inside. No, but you could see that movie too. If it would uh, serve their script, they would do it. Oh, right, of course, yeah. Ba-da-da-da. It's a mad, 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 (laughs) mad world. (laughs) <laughs> we, uh, we've seen a lot of like race movies last week was a walking race movie uh, yeah no, and we saw my old man yeah my old man was a horse racing and uh cannibal run i guess that's another like yeah that counts yeah. certainly as a race are my are we out of examples oh no we have a bunch of more i guess that's entertaining too Here's your rabbit, sir. Oh, jolly good. Uh, So he's winning. He's up to par with everyone else. How is it going with those ducks? Terribly sorry, sir. That is a bit of a problem. You see, they're not manufactured anymore. God, with the right price, you can... (laughs) So now he's, like, calling up somebody he knows, like, who, like... You'd make it out of clay and then heat it in the oven at the hotel. Uh, He's making a golem? No, it's it's those ducks. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. You know what a but golem is, right? This... Yeah, I know what a golem is. It's a monster. A Jewish monster, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I'm mm-hmm. like, he's just a monster. I don't I don't look at I don't discriminate. Don't no, take fucking credit for this one. Monster. This was a Jewish monster. No such thing. Oh, now it's a holiday monster. Fuck you. (laughs) That'd be great reverse, right? Yeah. Holiday monster. (laughs) Oh, may I be the uh, fourth person uh, this year to wish you a Merry Christmas? (laughs) Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Oh, I'm doing a Christmas song. How does it go? Christmas, 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 Christmas. Christmas, 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 Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Well, I think now that, oh, look at that, that the curtain rises swipe. Uh, I, I, so he hears a knock. This is funny. It's like knock, knock, knock. Why don't you listen? Why don't you listen? Put on your set. I'll put it on Oh, it's the mole. Listen to the way he talks to him. The 
this is the greatest thing about this movie is their outfits. Jolly good show, my man. You're really at it, aren't you? Oh, they're just waiting outside. We're all pulling for you. There always has to be one guy who just doesn't do much with the same thing over and over, and then at the end he gets it. Yeah, that's exactly right. They're putting him back in the middle of the maze right now. And go. And he'll start digging again. Okay, so here's our American with a rabbit. He just chased fierce dogs. Yes, artisanal dogs. I saw the sign. Here are ducks being made out of clay for the aristocracy. This the pompous has. Well, to be oh right, so he doesn't even like. He has to make his own homemade one. Well, that's his plan, but that won't be used in the end. Oh no! Wait. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Uh, yes, he's making his own because he can't find them, and he can afford it. He's paying like three grand for custom. But isn't that the joke that if those things are considered like a lower class uh, ornament that it's in every house, like a lower class house? Okay, look, that the rich- that's the ducks that he needed. They were able to go out. See what I mean? She's making them for nothing. It, it doesn't make sense. In the oh, I, huh. It, she was his plan B. Did we really need that little detour? So she's not good. She really doesn't give a duck in this movie. Oh, duck her. At least that's what Winner said. Okay, yeah, this right. guy was in this guy was in Jagger's uh, performance. Remember we saw performance? Was it Oh, this guy in the phone? Yeah, I recognize him. I don't he recognize was, the phone. He was one of the bad guys who yeah. were coming to pick up. He saw him all fucked up in the foyer. Good to see you again, bloke. He was good at performance. Oh, look, there's a record store? Was this like a pop shop? <clears throat> no, it's the headquarters of a lot of pop stars. What these people are doing are fake autographs and stuff like that. You know. For oh, and orders. like there's hair and... Like oh, they're pretending that every rock star in the world is the fame of the Beatles, okay? So the whole world is asking for photos. You know what I mean? Uh, autograph. Dear caveman, can you send me a lock of your hair? Right. And it goes to like one central uh, processing. So, and like, right. Pull the hair from the wall. Right. So he's just looking for someone to give her a signature of Sylvia already. So one of the things on the list is a lock of hair and, a, and an autograph of Sylvia, the French pop star. Uh, Sylvia Who- Tarnett. Yeah, now this is a real pop star, right? No. No, okay. They did. <clears throat> but the actress who played her passed away the year later. Um, I Her name was Patricia Viterbo, and I didn't look her up. I she's, You'll see, she's very bland. She didn't do right. anything but say, I'm here. There she is. I brought my face. Don't have a little dog with me. Well, so I, I read a bunch of user reviews just to see what the hell I was watching. And uh, someone said that she died a year later. Uh-huh. The actress. I guess so. I missed her. I missed her, too. It's been, like, you know, it's almost 50 years. Year, yeah. She was, uh, she was bland. She was bland. I'm not going to lie. This isn't her funeral. 
the all part of being British is the flower, it's the uh, ornament, it's right. the uh, status well, symbol, and right. it's the local pop star who. Uh, and and the rabbit, you know, from yeah. everyone bets at the track in England. Right, park life, all the people, so many people, all go hand in hand, hand in hand, park life. Hand. Oh. I was thinking Blur Park Life. Park Life. <laughs> yeah, then you go down to the racetrack. A Park Life. <laughs> Come on, Carl. That was only 20 years ago, 30 years right, ago. Right, right. Yeah. Park it. Here she is being bland. I am bland. I've got an accent. I'm bland. I'm bland. I wish I had told you in the beginning of the film to put on the music because I heard Auntie Griselda. It goes like we're a crazy song for a movie, and then it goes. I know she's having a fit. She doesn't like me a bit. And then it goes back to I'm a movie theme. You should hear it. It's Auntie Griselda right in the middle of their song. That's so funny. Yeah. I wonder if they shot in black and white in the TV show too. I I I. It's uh. It was by the way. It was um. Uh, instrumental only. There was no singing, so you could really sing Griselda, Auntie Griselda, along to it. Right. Oh, that's cool. I'll have to check it out next time I watch this. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, so, uh, show girls. Now we're on a TV set, and <clears throat> for some reason, the scavenger hunt focus of the movie is now turned to uh, getting the autograph and lock of hair. Wow. This happened. They're all doing this sequentially, so they all approach at the same time. Yeah, that's the thing. They're not supposed to. They don't have to. No, they just have two days to find all these things. Right. What I mean is, like, they could have, you know, one would be getting a Rolls Royce thing as another one is trying to get an autograph. Like, they pair up two or three of them at a time to compete. Right. I could see them all approaching the same live broadcast to meet up with the pop star. Right, right. Yeah. No, you don't understand, my good man. I have an appointment during her. He's calling her him a foreigner. Like, for instance, I mean, he's Scottish, and it's really insulting to go, what is that crazy accent you have? You're a foreigner. It's an... Okay, never mind. <laughs> They're all doing the same thing here. Oh, right. This is my excuse that I can go into the TV filming. At least the American brought flowers. That's a uh, classy. Uh... <laughs> and she was like, oh, she can't be near those. Like, very allergic, you know, getting all pollinated. Oh, I didn't know. And I guess I didn't miss that detail. Oh, a Lynn Harris production. Lynn Harris. It's a. Uh, San Francisco, Lynn Harris production. Lynn Harris, I knew a Lynn Harris. You, did she, she do a show in 1965? No. <laughs> Best of the caveman? Caveman nope. mania? No, no, no. Cavemania. He was not alive. Oh, the caveman. Oh, no, it's a different pop star. Yeah, that's right. Look, we're get... hugging. Just keep hugging each other. 
Ooh, there's a hey, say, aren't you that uh, conceited, easy, and gullible star? Yeah, let me sign an autograph. These are cameos, right? This guy, I, I would be like, holy shit. Okay, the answer is yes. If you know English TV, you'd know this guy. That's why, like, my research comes up short. Like, yeah. he was on Doink Doink Hour. Right, yeah, no, I hear you. Meet the Skittles for three seasons. He played Wackadoo. It's like it doesn't make any – okay, so look, he lures him into the closet. It's kind of convenient. You know, we're, we've seen this movie. Disrespects his autograph. Right. Well, he's not the pop star. So he comes in and he goes, where's pop star? And he goes, I'm his understudy. What? He was – you know, he, had, he got sick at the bar. And he asked me to come over and do the dancing. Wow. The hullabaloo would never do that. They would just cancel the live broadcast. Now, the thing is, I'm not sure. I think the joke is he doesn't really know how to dance, so he just makes it up. I think that's the joke. Right. So he's just supposed to do the new dance, or he's going to sing? He's going to dance. What's this? I'll not have me, me talent dancing <laughs> with some ruffian off the street. Oh, give him a chance. No, wait, she's a French person. Do give him a chance. I can't do it. Bonjour, monsieur. I think yeah. he deserves a chance, no? A he, opportunity. <clears throat> he looks uh, like a train conductor to me. I know, right? Well, maybe he's the Maytag repairman and come at the TV concert. Right. This is closed circuit TV. That explains why it's so clean. Uh, well, another uh, movie. We're in a movie movie where it's a really clean image that pops right up. Movie. Okay. <laughs> is the joke that he's just making it up? Yeah. Okay. I thought so. It's not hilarious. Well, is he going to go up and like pull her hair at the end? <laughs> You don't no. think this is funny? This uh, is cool. Yeah, it's not not funny. Yeah. So is... his competitors, of course, recognize that it's him. And they're like, fuck this. So watch what Scotsman does. For Scotland! And he's like, ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was for that studio. It was a cheap production. They must have just shot in their own production studio. Borrowed it. I guess, yes. This guy is, this is funny. Yes. I think so. He has to keep going. That's the joke. It's all framed as a normal show. Like they can't even tell. It's improv uh, chor choreography. Chor choreographed. Yeah, it's improv-iograph. It's improv-iograph. That was, that was the famous Thing in the rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was probably like pretty recent. I don't know. So now in a very genuine way that is respectful to everyone's rights, it's concerned. Right, go he on. He gets sweet on the girl. Oh, on the pop star? Yeah. So an hour into this movie, two-thirds of this film, now, the he thing finds is another girl. He's got his nice girlfriend. So what's going on here? But yes, he and he's look, 
It's genuine. It's heartfelt. He's not trying to bang her. Okay. <laughs> He's just macking on her after her live perfection. No, like, macking means that oh, okay. you want to get some. Well, I wasn't talking about him. I was talking about the Scotsman. He's always oh. macking. He's but, always macking. Yeah, he he was McDonald's. lured by the girlfriend. McDougal. Always macking. Oh, his name is. He's always mad. Uh, Sidney McGregor. Sergeant Major Sidney McGregor. They lift him up in the armpit. Wow, this this was really breaking the fourth wall in this first two walls first. <laughs> Wait, was that a joke? Because the wall broke. Yeah, I was gonna say most <laughs> movies break the fourth wall, not this one. They broke the first and the second wall. <laughs> Whoa, look at that. More wacky cuts. Okay. Hi, I'm your girlfriend. I'm just yeah. here waiting. Well, let me explain myself. I had to get the autograph. Did you get the autograph? No, but I got her address. Right. I'm banging her. Hopefully. Now, he's going in here to get the last item, you know, to get a letter in which he'll learn what the sixth item is. I mean, you know, at this point in the movie, when I watch this, I just get this over with. You know, there's always, like, when there's a Kevin uh, Hearn type movie or there's, like, you must get the six items, it gets tedious. Even Scott Pilgrim versus the world, you know, it's like, you yeah. must defeat seven exes. I was relieved when two of them were in one fight. I was like, beat this. <laughs> that, yeah, check off, too. Well, what this is meant to be is set up our third act. Like, you don't know what the sixth one is, and they seem to have gotten all the others. You see? So it sets up. Okay, this is a men on, men's only club, and it's as old as the hills. So they're freaking out. That yeah. woman must exit this fire! Men's only. Yeah. You could tell from their uh, and it's also members only. You can tell from their jackets. Yeah, yeah. Wait, something would work with men's only. Just for men, gal. Wait. Yeah, right. Uh, for for him. No, wait. Yeah, we'll have to do it. Okay, so there's an insurance company um, called Lloyd's of London, and sure. they go back to the like 1400s or some crap. I don't know. Yeah. But um, there was this British warship named the Lutane that was wrecked, and they had they insure all shipping. They really had to pay through the nose. So they got this bell from the wreckage, and they hung it in their offices. It's called the Lutine Bell. And it's it used to be rung whenever, like, there was a ship that was missing, and then they found it. It wasn't down. They would ring the bell, you know, so that's what's on the – there it is right there. That's what's on the list. They have to steal the Lloyds of London bell, the Lusitine bell. Wow. Wait, so there's just one bell, right? Yeah. There's not four sets of bells. Uh, well, okay, since you're pushing me, in truth, there is one. And there's also this replica, and, and that will get used as well. Okay. So uh, I have a question regarding Lloyd's of London. Did Lloyd have a last name? Lloyd? No. If you lived in London, the population wasn't so big back then. If you lived in London, you knew Lloyd. Oh, yeah. Well, I always mixed him up with Lloyd from Liverpool. <laughs> 
when, of Liverpool. When London was population 75, you knew Lloyd from London. Oh, look, where did he get the phone from? He's just walking around with it? No, it's like, uh, that's like insurance office, broker phone kind of thing. Oh, so, yeah, I see it's on the wall. Aristocracy's calling him up, <laughs> basically extorting him, saying like, oh, great to see you, Jeff. Remember those two girls we banged behind certain people's backs last right. summer? Yeah, all right. Bring me the Lloyds of London. Um Bring me the Lucetine Bell. All right. Oh, so this guy has to do it for him. And he's extorting him. Right. Now, it's so aristocracy for him to just be, like, in his air control tower going, straight on, then, right away, chop, chop. So... Yeah, so he looks up at the bell. I mean, he's really in a pickle. What's he going to do? Steal? No. Of course not. Oh, look, there's uh, people not from London here. London is it's so popular that they have tours. The thing is, dumb as that sounds, that is really true in real life. Wait, what's going on? And we're doing a Union Jack uh, swipe? Yeah, because we're going to the Army headquarters. Now, in this scene, basically, it's just like... It's like I'm Rat Race. They're, they're recapping? No, yeah. he finds out that they, he asked for the Lusitine Bell as part of this army operation. If that's true, it's, it's grand theft larceny, you know? So the general's like, let's make no mistake. This is your project, your plan, your everything. If somebody's going down, it's you. I won't stake my neck out on... God, give him a listen for a second because of these acts. Okay. What I say, sir? Oh, yeah, no, Terry Thompson is the best. Yeah. Oh, they caught him again. Oh, delightful. He, he's like, he has a really distinct voice, so even though it's very soft. So yeah. hopefully it picked up. Oh, we're almost getting there. So our Paul Moore, Mole Man never never got anything yet. Who? Are the Mole, Mole Man? Man. No. Yeah, Mole Man. No, that's his whole shtick throughout. Oh, look, the bell swipe. Yeah, bell swipe. Isn't that creative? Okay, he's that's going to the replica. Replica. Well, he's that's no clever. Yeah. yeah, he's not going to. No one's on the floor here. Now, the mole was in Faulty Towers for one episode, but he was in one of the – he was in some of the Carry On movies. Yeah, which we are fans of the Carry On movie. Uh, Columbus. We watched, the, we watched the last one, right, Carry On Columbus, which was a uh, – after 20 years, they revived it in honor of the uh, uh, centennial, I guess, the quad, the five-tennial of uh, Columbus's discovery of America. Now, that was a really good film, I felt, you know, and one of the best parts of, I mean, it's stupid. You can't take it for real. But if you just forget all that and say, okay, just do stupid things for me, then there's that scene where they broke, he broke character, right? They were going to hang him. Uh Uh-huh. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, okay, I was going to share my treasure with all of you, but go ahead, hang me. I understand. 
That's all right. We would have just frittered away the money wastefully anyway. Go ahead and hang me. Do you remember that one? I do. I remember that, and I remember Rick, uh, two guys from the Young Ones in the beginning of the movie, Rick Merrill, and then uh, I, uh, Neil, but, right? So then they would go on to say, of course, we're not going to kill you, Captain, if you want to really share the treasure with us. But then at the end, remember, the, he reversed it. He, you don't remember that scene. I'm going to have to play it for yeah, you. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to watch it again. But I did watch a bunch of... characters. Carry On was like, it started, in, I guess, around the, the 60s or whatever, 50s. Black and white, uh, it became a comedy series like Carry On Teacher, Carry On Nurse. Yeah. And, uh, and then it just got kind of sillier and broader and just, you know, it's a great movie series. It's the police academy, I guess, of the, of the British film industry. Yeah. But they made mm -hmm. a lot more of them. I saw Carry On Cleo. It was Cleopatra and uh, Julius Caesar is on this throne. He stands up and his little, uh, he goes, oh, I've been sitting on my laurels. Oh, should I get that joke? Well, because he had like the tiara that they would wear. Right. It's, a, it's called a laurel. Oh, that you put in your hair. Your, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. You're sitting on his laurels. Yeah. Okay, so they both have showed up to steal the bell at the exact same time. So now they're having a back and forth kind of, you know, kissing contest. Right. So he goes, okay, we'll work together. You know, you've got the rope. Uh, you know, I've got whatever. He goes, and then once we have the bell together, we'll flip a coin. Whoever wins the toss can have the bell. Well, it's ridiculous. Oh. That's a, that sounds nice and square of you, pal. I thought you'd like it. Let's get started on it straight away. This will take the alarm out. You American chaps know everything. Oh, is he wearing his kilt and he's going upstairs? Yeah. I like get to look up his kilt. Yeah. Uh, almost. So the slapstick of this movie are people falling. Watch. Like saw... He cuts the rope just as you said that. Yeah. And those are pretty pretty good uh, stunts. Why did he cut the rope? He's not going to get the... Because they're enemies. Yeah, but he's not going to get the bell by himself. Yeah, I know. That's perplexed me when I've watched it. Uh... Well, no, I watched it like two or three times, but I mean... Like every now and again, you're watching it absentmindedly, like you're reading your phone or something, and you miss. Right. I don't know. So now we have the same exact situation. They're having a little pissing contest, and it's going to be like, okay, we'll work together. The same old thing. Right now, he's accusing him of stealing government property. It's not, it's not funny stuff. Let me see if I can tell you anything about this. There no, was I, one dark thing. Yeah, right? okay. Yeah, please tell me because we're in the third act and I, I want to get, you okay. know. You want to go home. <laughs> I want to go home already. Yeah. It's the dang movie. No, no, I, I like this movie. What was the dark thing? Okay. Um, okay, well, I'll just start reading. Uh, media. We already talked about this. Publishing a restaurant review for the Sunday Times. Founder of the Police Memorial Trust. Uh, 
Uh, it received good reviews, not popular at the box office. <clears throat> but I had this juicy story. Where are you? Here it is. All right. Bust it out. Oscar-winning actor, I guess it's actress, Helen Mirren, lambasted director Michael Winner in a TV interview for allegedly treating her like a piece of meat during a casting session for this film in 64. Recalling the encounter, she said she was ordered her to turn around and flaunt her body for him. I was mortified and incredibly angry. I thought she was insulting and sexist. I don't think any actress should be treated like that. You know, I I, I want to pause you for a quick second because Helen Mirren went uh, viral like maybe a couple of weeks ago where they found an old interview where the, the reviewer was like just being a little sexist and she was just putting him in his place. Wow. So, yeah. So she she was, you know, she had to put up with a lot, but she never did. She won an act an Oscar. Um, okay, so you know what this asshole winner said, right? What winner defends his action saying, I did indeed ask her to stand up. I don't remember asking her to turn around, but if I did, I was being serious. I can see it now. She's wearing a peasant blouse. Oh my god. In photographs with enormous bosoms, which was sagging a bit, even though she was young. Helen Mirren, that's what he was saying about? Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the worst that could happen. Well, he doesn't. Yeah, I guess I remember it. She, she was wearing a peasant dress and yes, she did show her ass. Boobs. I just wanted to see her ass, but she was a sister showing her sagging boobs. I don't know. Oh, he's I, casting for a movie, right? Does he have to have a sexy person? Kind of does. You don't have to like have them parade like that. That's disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. Show off your goods. No, they're going to be on. Well, there would have been a film test, right? I don't know. Right, there would have been a film test, and they would have, you know, see if this was ideal for the character. Yeah, I mean, she's she's right, and she does call out that shit all the time. Right. But, and also, she's you know, besides being you know, she's she's gorgeous. Uh huh. Helen Mirren. I don't know her. I'm gonna have to Google her. Yeah, Google her. Google Helen Mirren, Caligula, 1980. Caligula. Yeah, she's topless in that it's a notorious scene. Her Helen Mirren. Wasn't she in James Bond? Was did she play M? How um, have you never heard of Helen Mirren? You know her as old Helen Mirren. Okay. Uh, oh, Bond. You must remember the, the last Bond we talked about Casino Royale? Right, right. Yeah. Now, I know that the bad guy is your brother and your father was a villain and you have a house called Skyfall, but will you please keep things in order, Bond? <laughs> oh, I know her as an uh, actress of today. As M. She was like. Pierce Bronson, I think she was M, like she was a holdover from mm-hmm. uh, the previous Bond. Yep. She played the Queen. She was yeah. in Red. But I'm telling you, she, oh, Red, right. Well, yeah, her and Bruce Willis. That was the, kind of the joke. Like they would have uh, Helen Mirren and Bruce Willis movies. But uh, she, uh, but she, you know, it's decades of career and she did have like theatrical, she was, she was big, you know, in, in England. And, yeah. Uh, now watch, I, you got to see this because it starts a chain of events. But look, it's so dumb. He goes, oh, I'm tired. Whoops. Oh, I got to wipe my brow. Yeah. 
really badly written. You've seen this movie before. Here we'll have the choreographed. Yeah, they choreographed. Like, it's still moving. Whoa. Whoa. I had to drop it when I touched my feet. When I touched my feet, yeah, that guy threw right in there. Get this out of here, mister. Actually, this is what I love about it. Like, not only does it cause chaos, the the foreman's like, I'm going to keep pushing it. <laughs> what, what's the worst that could happen? Well, it did cause chaos when it rolled in. Yeah. Uh-oh. Someone in that dumpster just got a up kilt. Up kilt. No, up kilt. Yeah. Oh, no. The bell has rolled out. Bell's and hells. Rolls into the table. Yeah, you can't unring that. Oh, is, uh -oh. That, the is that the Thams? That's the Thames River. Fat rut. Thames. It is. Uh-oh. It's famous. It's very famous. The Thames River. Look, everyone's shaking their fists at him. Act. Yeah, right. And roll them. Hey, and roll them. <laughs> what a big idea, eh? Hey, we're just your local fishmongers. We can't take this. Grumble. Grumble! And cut. I'm not even and see. It's not, it's so not funny. <clears throat> so land, there we go. This Michael Winner did the mechanic in 72. Now Which I know is a great he, yeah, that's a great no no the mechanic was a Charles Bronson movie and it was later made into like two films with Jason Statham. He's he's a like a hitman who's so good he's like the mechanic. I think it was Walter Matthau actually in that one. Uh huh. But it's good. It's it's a solid movie. He's like he also made uh, Ron Tantan or Ron Tantan, the dog that's yeah, in Hollywood. Is, right, seventy six. Which I look every six weeks. I'll look in YouTube to see if it finally posted because it is like a good shitty film. But yeah, he was like making these like shitty Charles Bronson films for Canon when I got when I saw his film. Mm hmm. Uh, he did revisionist westerns, Chateau's Land and Lawmen. He did the Centennial in 77, which was like a scary. You know, you, you mentioned revisionist <laughs> westerns. The, the lead of this movie was in Kapaloo. Uh huh, that's right. Uh, yeah, which came out the same year. Right. And Columbia really thought he was going to be the shit, Joe. Um, the role. Did you Wait, what, happened? what happened to the upper crust? Like, did he get news that he lost? No. What? No. What are you talking about? Well, uh, Delmolt collapsed. I was wondering why. Oh, why? No, he just ate a bad um, prawn or some crap. Bad. Wow. I don't know how he even survived in the army. <laughs> he had people do it for him. It's Jerry Lewis and the Evasive Bellboy. Thought I'd crawl up through window. So, yeah, he um, just got into a pop star's window. And she's like, you're popping up everywhere. And I don't know. Did you just ruin my television appearance? <laughs> she doesn't. Uh, no, he actually he didn't ruin it, right? He danced like a monkey. Yeah, I guess. Everybody liked it. I think that was a funny scene, Carl. I mean, I, I like this guy. Whoa, Pac-Man swipe. Yeah. So he's uh, the moles underground going like, oh, it's a cave-in. And he's like freaking out. You know, he's being paranoid. 
Yeah, it's like in Caddyshack where they would cut to the gopher. Now you see all the boil, bowler caps. Right. Because they're, the director's saying, you know, we're at Lords of London and they're, you know, somebody fucking stole our bell. What are we going to do about this? You're going to find it? Okay, we'll find it. All, all right. right. Well, I'm hope you know, how much was it insured for? It wasn't insured. We're the leading insurance of the world and we didn't insure our most valued treasure. That's the joke, Carl. Hello, home invader. How about some breakfast? It's a traditional English breakfast. You've seen this movie. No, I have seen this movie. <laughs> okay. I, I wanted to... I don't know. I thought it would be different. You must be... You know what? Another thing about YouTube, I looked typed in, you must be joking. Yeah. And there... It, there was a South African candid camera prank show that <laughs> called the theatrically released movie in 1987 called You Must Be Joking. And it's this guy, it's these two radio personalities from South Africa are uh, hosting these like pranks. And it winds up like the, it was like a former boxer who was in it. And they proceeded to keep making these prank movies for the next several decades. Uh, Interesting. You know, reflecting South uh, Africa and all South. You know, I would I would read it and I'm, I saw it and I was like, I looked at. I said, I want to see a user review and uh, oh look, they found the bell. Well, the team has tides, and the French girl knew that and said, you know, I have great news for you. Your bell can be recovered. Really? Wait, who's the French girl? The pop star? Yeah. Oh, so the girlfriend sort of jilted in a way. It's not needed anymore. Not I mean, he's, he was, you know, he he didn't sleep at home last night. Really? What a creep. Oh, car phone, car phone, car, car phone. phone. I know. Car phone. That's the only way you could talk in your on the phone in a car back in 1965. Was on a car phone. Yeah, a backseat car phone. The only way you could talk on a car phone in 69 was with was on a car phone. Car phone. <laughs> oh, no. So he's going underwater. He thinks it's, but he doesn't actually go in the water. It's just too late. It's too little too late. Look, he's too clean to be in that dirty. Pit. Oh, I, I would suffocate or I would just quit at that point. Remember your trip through the. Okay, see her terrible driving. That'll be a. Oh, right. That's, I was wondering what was going on. So now, okay, Elliot Dellum has been picked up by an ambulance because he was sick, and now basically he's using them as a taxi. Okay. Oh, to, to get over. So we're finally wrapping up at the end of yeah. 48 hours. Now what's happening here is the staff sergeant is lying that he was requisitioning all those things for the general, <clears throat> right? But the truth is, like, he he was he thought he was saying about the things in the scavenger hunt, but he's been requisitioning for years uh, with illegal, you know, like cans of uh, jelly beans and. Like he's been getting supplies and selling them on the on the army's dime, so he's blaming it on the governor. 
I mean, on the um, general. Right. Oh, so the general's going to be in hot water. And right. what's in the bag? So he, he doesn't have his own bell, right? The first time I thought that was a bell. Right. He doesn't have his own bell. There's only two bells. Now, look, this is Pink Panther guy. Yeah, We've that's seen, right. Yeah. We've seen him in other films, and I'm not telling you about Casino Royale. I'm not an asshole. He was in Casino Royale. He was in Superman 3. But, I mean, he was in The Return of the Pink Panther, Pink Panther Strikes Again, Revenge of the Pink Panther, right. Pool of the Pink Panther, Son of the Pink Panther. Right. Wait, he was in Son of the Pink Panther with yeah. Bellini. You know, HBO Max just—they just pulled all of them. They had all the the Pink Panthers, and I tried. His name's Graham Stark, right? Yeah. Okay. 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 He's a—he's like a Charlie Sheen in Terminal Velocity. He has a skydiving uh, company, and he drinks. Yeah, they were uh, army buddies together when they were in the Suez Canal. And that was that Israel, um, uh, well, I forget. But anyway, so they're old army buddies, and that's how, or military buddies. And that's why he's going to take him up in the plane so he can parachute in for the final contest. They're all right now heading with their scavenger hunt stuff to the (laughs) check. Look, he's got the, uh, that's old school. Here, here's your parachute. You need to fold it up, maybe. Right, right. All right, there it is. We're almost finished, Carl. I can see the. I can right. see this movie almost Thank finished. Goodness. Well, that's been our show. It says Finn on the screen. Right. They well, actually, that's the border of Finland. <laughs> it's almost over. It's Finnish. Yeah, it's close. It's a Finnish. It's getting there. Getting there. It's almost a Finn. Are we done, Dad? Well, it's it's a finish. Just hang out for a second. Are we there, Fred's dad? Well, it's a finish. Okay, now this isn't really believable, but all of a sudden, like, she loves him, okay? So she's, like, telling the guy from performance, I'm taking a two-week holiday. And oh, no. She's going on holiday, yeah. Wow, wait a minute. Hang on a second. What's up with this movie? He's kissing the wrong girl. Right. That's There's right. the girl, yeah. But there's, we don't have any moral. He doesn't get any. He gets mean looks. Oh, that's the worst he gets. Yeah, no, he, it, the movie ends great for him. Well, <laughs> this guy's about to jump. So... He's like, do you make a good living? You only make money if, you know, in insurance if you die. And he goes, die? Forget it. I'm not going. And he goes, Sergeant, I, you know, you did so much for me. I'm, this is the best I could do for you. He pushes him out of the plane. That's it. I'm done. This is the least I can do for you. <laughs> Now, look, his chute deploys, but meanwhile, he's going, pull the chute, pull the chute. They made a mistake in the editing, or they had to stick with bad, you know. Oh, look, they finally get the up kilt. Yeah, and he goes, that's quite refreshing, actually. Oh, it must be. Can you imagine? That's terrific. You know, if there was a shower on the plane, you can shower and then jump off and naturally dry. (laughs) 
Yes, drip dry. dry. You could just now, drip dry. Air dry. He he um they are impressed with him parachuting in. Now they're going to be impressed with the aristocrat coming in on the ambulance. Others and are by everything. The yeah. And another's arriving under arrest of the police. Right. For for buying all that shit. Yeah. Da 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 da. Singing, it's a mad, mad, mad. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Intermission. It's a long movie. I wrote the mad world song. Mad, 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 mad. Here's a Christmas carol. Here's a mad, mad world song. Mad, 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 mad. No, you know, no, that's how the lyrics go, but there's four mads in the song. So sometimes I forget and I do like eight of them. Oh, he made it to the finish line. Yeah. Oh, man. Somebody dropped. Now he tripped him. So somebody drops uh, their loot, and, and Mole Man gets it. Oh, so Mole Man's going to win. He's got the loot. Easy peasy. Okay, Unless... now. <clears throat> the movie ends in a very, very dissatisfying way, okay? Don't get ready for the American ending. Right now, what would happen is they oh, would, the American, yeah, they would race to the finish right in front of them, and then when the bad guy was going to win, we would get a tw another contest that would result in the good guy winning, and we have a winner. That's not what's going to happen. Oh, it's funny that the moment gets all the items instead of going across to the finish line, he goes straight up to Terry Thomas. I did it. <laughs> yep, that's right. But he doesn't win, does he? No. No, this is all, as an American, I, I'm glad that the American wins. I can totally relate to that. Well, the American won, but then he resigns. So it's, 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 uh, what? They all went yeah. into his dug hole. His. It must have hurt as an actor to fall to that moment. Yes. Yeah. Fucking Winter doesn't give a shit. Uh, don't forget, my, I'm a bad driver, remember? Oh, she's going to save her boyfriend. Yeah. Now she sees him with the pop star. Now he knows she's on the list. So she's like, here, you better take these. You know, he, he hasn't called her in days. Right. He's an asshole. Yeah. Uh-oh, things are falling apart. Here's your bullshit, sir. Even the <laughs> bell. And it's the real bell, not some fucking replica. Congratulate. Oh, what's this? What's That's that? Resignation papers. What? You can't resonate your paper. Or you're fired. Paper. I, I'm switching girlfriends and I'm going on holiday. That's what they call it here. Right. On uh, holiday. To someplace and then Nice, right? Oh, I heard it's really Nice over there. Yeah. Well, my I have some family over there. My, my niece lives in Nice. Okay, so now they're arresting him for years of get you know getting using the army's money to right. buy goods. I always told him it will catch up to him. I don't do it. I says to him. So he's getting himself the, off the hook and blaming the general. <clears throat> what about the bowler caps? I thought they were all Floyd's. I guess there are other people. 
They were um, the boiler boiler bowler caps were he was the secretary of uh, the state or the interior, something like that. He was from the government. So nobody really wins. That's right. Now the general's going to shift the bell back, but he's arrested for stealing the bell. Did you say what, sir? Oh, no. Oh, so this whole thing implodes. I think that's a, how Rat yeah. Race ended, too. They, they busted John There's Cleese. no winner, and nobody gets a satisfied... The guy who gets a satisfied ending is the jerk. Right. Oh, there he is with his girlfriend. Okay. Look at him. We should play the volume on this. Okay. I have a feeling what's going on. Look, I can't believe it. He just waved goodbye to her. Yeah. And now we have the most unsatisfying ending of all. <laughs> they're just, they're all alone, the two delusional idiots. Oh, that's funny. And then, like, it, the director should have ended it right here. But no, the... Uh, the mole man has literally existential compart criticizes the army of the military. So then he like makes him snap to and march. I don't know. It's dumb. Well, you know, he should have that, that outburst. This is a comedy movie. Uh, we got all these unsatisfied. This is totally unexpected. It doesn't wrap up a theme of the film at all. Right. What was the fucking theme of the film? Film. Like they didn't have one. Like if you work together, you succeed. Something like that. They didn't do that. I think the theme was scavenger help uh, hunts. Uh, help us remember Tammy and uh, excited for her wedding. And it was a good way to celebrate her bachelorette party. <laughs> oh, there he is marching off. I, this looks. Oh, there it is. The Finn. Yeah, El Finn. For Finn. Shot on location in England by American Films of London, England. Oh, How ladies and gentlemen. And there's the American Broad uh, Columbia Pictures. Well, Carl, that has been... You must be joking. 1965, <laughs> what did you think of the movie? At times, I enjoyed it. At times, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was pretty dull. I mean, like, the... Yeah. I, I had a lot of power to it, a lot of horsepower, a lot of good performances, but... It really did feel like uh, nothing was happening, and uh, there was no, I don't know, like at least rat race, they had to go from A to B, you know, it's a race. Yeah, this wasn't done in, I don't know, uh, the order of it was chaotic and scattered, like, okay, never mind the pursuit of that thing, we're moving on to this thing. Right, yeah, yeah. At the same time, we're all at the track at the same time. We're all in with the starlets a thing at the same time. I, I don't know. Wow. I think that um, if you listen to it with the sound, you're much more entertained because you hear all these accents and the things they say to each other. It is kind of funny a lot of the times. And uh, just to be around those, uh, that culture is pretty, you know, everyone's, it's all about class and, right. you know, there's innuendo all over the place, but they'll never say it, you know. 
Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And, uh, but it was, I agree. So it was fun. I mean, it's fun to see those actors and I'm sure uh, I'll enjoy seeing them in other locations. Some of them I recognize, some of them I didn't. Terry Thomas, of course, was kind of fun in this, but it just kind of, it was a little bit short. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, next week we are going to uh, go back to uh, more common ground here in the United States and watch an American movie about real men. It's called Real Men from 1987. It stars uh, the late John Ritter and the currently alive James Belushi uh, back from 1987. I have a trailer from the Action Master. I don't know if my sound is going to be worth it for the show, but I was going to play it. So if you guys go type in Real Men 1987 and you see the Action Master's posting of a Real Men trailer, I was going to play it in a couple of seconds. Okay. All right. The action master. Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Stands on the brink of disaster, and only one man can save it. An imperial, imperial CIA. <laughs> this is going to be horrible, but we do find ourselves laughing. I know. Well, it's it's uh, John Ritter and uh, James Belushi from the eighties. Well, that was a little too close. Oh, look at those clowns! <laughs> you guys can't act. Look at these clowns. Who brought these clowns on the set? This is a joke. Oh, S and M dungeon. Oh, that's a shame. Just saying. Right. This uh, trailer has the uh, box of the video cassette because it would never was theatrically released. That is from 1987. Next week's movie will be Real Men with the real men, John Ritter and James Belushi. Carl, thank you so much for... Uh, uh, hosting and 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 uh, researching and and just kicking ass on this movie. Uh, may I never see it again, but I definitely enjoyed talking it about it. And audience, we want hope you enjoyed the show too. Uh, just spread the word. Just you know, we'd love for you just to sign up for our podcast, L W A F L M O Y T. Uh, we'd love for you to just get involved and and check out Mutiny Radio. They even have live comedy shows if you're in the Bay Area, if you're in the Mission District, you can walk over there. Uh, we love Mini Radio and we do love you guys and we'll see you next week. Let's watch
I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a full-length movie And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. We're hosts. <laughs> uh, with Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on podcast by with our acronym L-W-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Plus the Facebook group with that same name. Oops. Podcast yeah. in Washington, D.C. Right. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's every Sunday, 2 p.m. Time or if you're Carl, not yeah. Percent, right. I'm time. so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to this at five. Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Carl, test, test. Carl, Carl, test, test. Yeah, you're all buzzy. I gotta call back.
this as a test. It is 6 o'clock in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco, California. We are here at the sprawling state-of-the-art studios of MutinyRadio.fm. And I am your host this evening, Alphonse John Belvedere, sitting in for Perkins Warbeck, who is perpetrating his quixotic quest to return the English throne to its rightful owners, the Plantagenet dynasty. We wish him well. He may be back next week in defeat once again, but with his spirit unbowed. We are listening right now to Eloy, a German progressive rock band that was formed in 1971. And they are still at it these 50 years later. I am here this evening with Chadwick and his friend, whose name I forgot. Help me out. Antonio from the street. And tonight we are going to be playing two hours of the best progressive rock and roll you have never heard in your life. We play from the fringes through the great gates of delirium. This evening we're going to start off with a classic. Oh, so scratch that. Scratch that. I'm going to pop into my favorite. Norwegian prog rock band, Popol Vuh, which was formed in 1971 in, no, not Norway, Belgium. Belgium. This is Antiaga und Siebenjaga from Popol Vuh. You're listening to The Gates of Delirium on Mutiny Radio. Sometimes the mood just misses the mark. Let's start off with a little bit more of energy and activity. This is Osric Tentacles, Epiphlioi. Oh, stand by. We'll be right with you. There is a technical glitch in the matrix happening at this very moment. There seems to be not a responsive demon in the demon works. Let's find out what happened here. 
Let's find out. How is everybody out there? This is Osric Tentacles. You are listening to... You are listening to the Gates of Delirium, and we have entered into a problematic phase. Stand by, please. 